Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith courses with Michael Lane, brought to you by our wonderful donors at evidenceforfaith.org. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org give. And while you're on the website, don't forget to check out some of our other courses and even live events and adventure trips we have going on, such as our marine biology trip down in the Florida Keys, or even our biblical archaeology experience down in Israel. You can find all these links and even more information down in the description. And if you've enjoyed today's course, don't forget to share it with a friend. Hello there. Welcome to Evidence for Faith. It's your host, Michael Lane. And thanks for joining us today as we're going through uh, another, our second lesson in David's Guide to Leadership, which is a study on, on David and the clues we can gain uh, about leadership that he uh, gives us that we read in the Word of God. But it's coming from before he was a king, before Second Samuel comes along and he's the king of Israel. It's the leadership skills that he possesses from the beginning of his career when we first meet him just as a little shepherd boy and going up to. There's so many, so many lessons that we come across in here um, that we can benefit, all of us, all of us can benefit from the the lessons the, the Bible gives us on things. And that's why God told us that he, he gives us many of these things is for teaching and instruction. So we are going to be taking a look today in lesson number two. It's called uh, Carry a Song in Your Heart. I sort of thought that was sort of a cool title. And the passage, if you're using your Bible to follow along, if not, remember, I'll be reading the passages and um, using the English Standard Version. But the passage we're going to be looking at today is in 1 Samuel chapter 16 again, primarily verses 15 through 19. But we will also talk a little bit about verse 23 of the same chapter. So before we begin, let's, all, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to do the teaching. Father God, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for the health you've given us. And we just ask right now that you would just bless our time as we open up the word and explore what you would teach us about how we should live our lives particularly in leadership as many of us lord you put in in to leadership positions some into great positions others into smaller ones but lord even if we're not the corporate president or executive director there's so many things that we can glean from this that anybody can take and and just add to their life and particularly with this lesson today Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will teach us that we can utilize what we see here into our life to live a more abundant life, which you tell us in John 10, 10, and Lord, a life that will be honoring and glorifying to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how many people know this. Most of you, if you've never met me um, or have not worked with me for a long time, probably have little knowledge of this, but I, I suffer from depression at times. Yes, I do. Um, I have been diagnosed with depression. It seems to be something I have inherited, as everyone in my family um, growing up suffered from it as well. From my dad to I'm the youngest in the family, we all, my mother, in particular my mother, um, being I was the youngest then in the family, I grew up watching how depression struck everyone in my family. I could observe how they behaved as a result of it. I soon began to recognize the symptoms, even as a, a child. I started to recognize the symptoms and conditions that preceded each member of my family. 
and the reactions to it. And as I grew older and got into college and just beyond college, I too began to notice the symptoms in myself. Some uh, in my family took medication. They were prescribed medications to help them with their depression. Um, and eventually I was at the doctor, my physician, and as he examined me too, he said, you know, I think you suffer from depression. And I told him my family history and I said, oh yeah, there's not much question about that. So he actually said, well, I can prescribe you medication to help you through these, these times. Um, and uh, he asked me, would you like me to do this? Because I think it'll help you. I, I declined. I, I told him I, I'm not going to take them. I'm going to do my best without them. But um, my wife is aware of this. So if need be, she can always, you know, overrule uh, the situation if things became too bad. But anyway, I told him that I grew up, the reason I'm declining, I grew up watching my family all go through this. I got to see when depression would hit them. I got to see what their what the symptoms were. I got to, to recognize how they behaved and stuff. And I, I remember telling him when he asked me, well, how do you deal with this? Because obviously you deal with this. How do you do it? And I said, I try to refuse delivery. Then when I notice the symptoms coming, I forcibly make myself do the opposite. Um, so before they can take a toll on my mental health, I intentionally try to fight. Now, sometimes I I need help, and I, I'll tell my wife or I'll tell some other member of my family, you know, I'm really struggling right now. I'm having a hard time with, um, with depression, but I, don't, I do not take drugs. I don't go to the bottle and, um, and drink. Um, usually my wife notices, too, that when I do get depressed, I, I don't eat. Um, I have a tendency of not wanting to eat much. Uh, it's funny because when I'm in pain, I eat like a pig. But when I'm depressed, I don't eat as much. And so, you know, she'll try and get me to eat things. And um, she knows how to how to help me through this. But I really I'm trying my best and have. I mean, I'm 65. I'm trying my best not to, to uh, use medications and stuff. I just try to refuse delivery. And I remember him telling me, well, I hope that works for you. And so far it has. I mean, I, I do experience, as I just mentioned, and admitted, I experience bouts of depression. I do, and I fight them off. And I'm able to do this because, like I say, I recognize the signs when they come, and this helps me to be able to forcibly, and I mean forcibly at times, have to change the way I'm thinking and what I'm doing. But that's the way I've sort of grown up through all these years. Now, I will tell you an interesting thing here. Some, some years ago, one of my son-in-laws approached me privately to talk about this. Uh, he knew of my family history of depression, and he asked me if I took prescription drugs to counter it. When I told him I didn't, he, uh, he said, why? And I told him that I recognized the symptoms many times as they just begin to appear. I notice what starts to happen. And I, as I told him, as I told the doctor, I try to refuse delivery. And I just try and fight him off. And as we continued walking, we were in a parking lot when we were talking about this. And um, as we were just walking around, we're just killing time. We weren't going anyplace in particular. But he asked me how I fight them off. How do you do that, he says. I told him that I believe that my depression is a tool Satan uses to attack me. Um, 
I think, you know, it is something I think that's inherited, which would have come from the fall. Um, but uh, I think Satan knows this is something that um, he tries to press on me, and he uses this as a weapon to attack me. So he says, well, what do you do? I said, I sing hymns when I feel this coming on. And during the times of depression, I, um, I, I sing hymns. Now, he knew I often sang around the house, and we worked together at the same Christian camp uh, years ago, and he knew that I often sang and when I do things um, around the house, not just shower singing, but a lot of times I will be working in, at my computer, or um, I used to be cleaning aquariums, and I would be singing a lot as I would do this. And with my staff, I would sing a lot of times right in front of them. So... Um, that he, he asked me, is that the reason you sing so much? And I told him, yep, that's a lot of it right there. And I said, I especially sing hymns because they seem to help me more than any other type of songs, more than some of these modern Christian songs we sing today because there's a lot of doctrine in many of these old hymns and the doctrine and the facts that are in there. And I'm always conscious. I know some people say well, you shouldn't sing or we don't like to sing hymns because people just mouth the words. I don't do that. I always concentrate carefully on what I'm singing. And the, the doctrine and the facts, it helps clear my mind and it helps calm my soul. I believe that many weapons in Satan's arsenal can be defeated by praising God in song. I really do. Um, I don't think Satan and his cronies enjoy being around the sound of God being praised by man. I just don't think he likes that. And like, oh, I think I'll pull up a chair here and listen to all these Christians praising Jesus and praising God. I don't think Satan enjoys that. Well, that's where we're getting into this lesson today. You see, we've all heard the expression, music calms the savage beast. Well, I'm convinced that there is a ring of truth in that saying. It certainly had that effect on King Saul when he was been being mentally tortured. Uh, let's pick up where we last saw David, our leader and see where we're at. But back in Psalm, or I'm sorry, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to begin with verse 15 here. And we read, And Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you'll be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well, and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. And whenever the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now, did you catch what's going on here? Saul suffers from depression. In this case, it was um, something that was... Um, it was all because of his fall, all because of his sin against God is what did it. And they're getting David, little old David, who's still a boy at this point, to come and play music and sing for him. That's what's going on here. And as it says, 
first of all, we get the identification where we read, you know, who is David? The Lord is with this guy. What's so special about him? The Lord is with him. He's a gifted musician, but the Lord is with him. And as it said in verse 23 here, uh, Saul was refreshed, and as well, the evil spirit departed from him. Now, David is in the presence of the king in his court. Uh, Why was he there? Here's a why question. He's there to play music. Music was a major part of the life of this great man. In fact, of the 150 Psalms in the Bible, we know that David composed 73 of them. And we know that David just didn't write songs, he sang them too. So do you ever find yourself singing to yourself out loud? Have you ever found yourself doing it? Are you someone who likes to sing in the shower and likes to sing around the house or taking walks and singing? Now, now think of the times when you do this the most often. Many of these times you might have been singing because you were joyful. Depressed people seldom sing songs of joy. When you're depressed and downtrodden, people like that seldom have a song in their heart unless they are forcibly putting the effort out there to do it. David seems to have a song in his heart quite often. This guy seems to have been walking around singing and writing music all the time. Um, We would call him today like a Renaissance man or something because he was so into the arts and things. People with a song in their heart are also, I have found out, contagious people. Yeah, their joy spreads to others. And this was the case of David here with King Saul. Why was David placed there? Because his joy would spread to the king. His joy spreads to others. That's how this works. The servants of the king sought to help Saul, King Saul, overcome his depression with what? With songs. That was it. Do you know that singing has been a source of study in medicine for a long time, many, many decades? In in fact, um, I've been reading some medical papers on this and um, read a number of these. Many medical associations have performed studies on singing and listening to music, particularly dealing with depression and other physical ailments that people have. One famous study published by the American Chiropractic Association shows how listening to Pachelbel's Canon in D major, that's that musical piece specifically has been studied and how it has been documented to lower the anxiety levels, even the heart rate and the blood pressure of patients, just sitting and listening to it. It's amazing that music like that does that. I I will confess, sometimes I will sit down, close my eyes, and when I'm feeling depression coming, and I'll put on, um, usually I'll do like um, a song, uh, one of my favorite songs I love to listen to, I listen to this over and over and over, is um, Bach's Jesus, Joy of Man's Desiring, and I really love the Celtic Woman version, and I will sit and play that sometimes numerous times, and I just love listening to that. Um, or I'll just listen to an instrumental on it or, or something else like that. These things really help. And I, I've even noticed it's helped my heart rate. And I can, I've never actually tested with a blood pressure monitor, a sphygmomanometer, to see what my, if my blood pressure um, drops during these times. But I'm pretty much convinced it has. I should probably try that sometime. Another study I was just reading um, just not that long ago was a, a study published in the British Medical Journal. Now, this was an article from 2018. It was entitled, get this, 
Group singing in bereavement. Effects on mental health, self-efficiency, self-esteem, and well-being. Now, there's a title of a paper, hey? In this, it shows how participants in a study uh, were put into, they joined a uh, choir, and the choir met weekly for 90 minutes each week, and they would sing. Now, these patients were, were studied, and they were tested and monitored, and they found that after a period of time, by singing in this choir, by singing these songs, it reduced their depression, uh, their symptoms seemed to disappear. Um, and not just while they were singing, but it had a long-term effect. It also improved their overall well-being. Now, this is a scientific paper that's showing that the benefits of singing outweigh, far outweigh, the benefits of just sitting and listening. That singing itself, these people are in a choir and they're singing. There are some benefits of singing that have been noted throughout many, many scientific studies. Let me just give you some. I've jotted down as I've read many papers on this. Let me just show you just, um, just uh, 17 things that I've noticed in scientific papers on studies of singing having to do with m your health, particularly mental health, but also other aspects of your health. Number one, I found um, in testing that what I've read is that it improves circulation. Number two, it reduces stress level. Well, I know that one because that really helps with me. Number three, also reduced anxiety levels. Number four, one of the benefits of singing is to improve your mood swings. You suffer from mood swings, you should be singing. Number five, they found out in medical studies on this that it increases metabolism of the body. Matter of fact, and this makes common sense, it improved lung capacity measuring the, the uh, amount of air in the lung, the lung capacity, how well the oxygen is taken up, carbon dioxide released. It, it also increased, there was a specific study where they found that singing increased oxygen levels to the brain. <clears throat> Another study, or actually many of them, shows that it relieves depression. It assists in asthmatics, assists asthmatics in their breathing. I found that an interesting study. Um, I found out that in some studies, it is, and in some medical facilities, they use it for treatment for shyness. They get people involved in singing, like in choirs or in small groups or something, or just to have them sing along uh, on their own. It helps with shyness. Yes, it does. Um, they have found, number 11, it reduces pain levels, especially in pain, uh, patients, in this particular study I was reading, with lower back pain. Now, I'll tell you, I have used this one sometimes when I've been in severe pain. I many times have sang. That's what I go to. I sing. Um, I don't know how well it really reduces my level, but um, I think it does. It, it, to me, I always thought it did, and there is documentation that happens. Number 12, it reduces fatigue. In other words, you, see, you feel sort of energized. I've used this as an effect with people who I've led in the past. When we get a little tired and stuff, hey, let's sing some songs. Number 13, it's been used, this was fascinating, used as a treatment for MS patients dealing with self-acceptance. Singing improves that. A 14th factor I found, it improves the immune system. Actually, there's quite a bit of studies that have been shown for that. Uh, number 15 on here actually is sort of another one of these. It increases secretions of... Immuno, uh, immunoglobulin uh, A, which is beneficial to the immune response of our bodies. Uh, it also, number 16, increases secretion of cortisol, 
that helps also in benefiting our immune system. So if you're weak and sick a lot of times, maybe you should be singing more. Uh, number 17, uh, singing has been shown to increase the level of dopamine. What's dopamine? That's that feel-good neurotransmitter our bodies produce in our brains. It increases that, so it makes you feel better. I'm sure there's many others, but of the papers I've read, those are the things that I've noted, and it's just fascinating, all of this. Yes, singing has a lot of benefits. David obviously was a singer. He must have been some sensation around Bethlehem for the word to get all around the area about his singing. He must have really been quite popular um, and very well known for this. Obviously, he was singing a lot. Because, like I say, word eventually gets to the king's court that David has a special gift and we need to get him in here. So David was summoned and used his gift. But the songs that he wrote and sung seem to be more, if you read the Psalms, more about his life with God. He seemed to take daily living and marry that with God in his songs. Many of these Psalms are people love today, like Psalm 23. What songs he actually sang to the king? It's not recorded. God apparently didn't think it was that important. But he is telling us that, hey, singing is important when you're in a bad mood. And it seemed to be very characteristic of David just to sing praise songs. I mean, read the Psalms, you're going to see a lot of those are just praise songs. In any case, I think we can all agree from this passage here in Scripture, David sang. And David is a leader. Leaders sing. David didn't end his singing when he was just a youth either. He continued to write and sing songs during the times, even when he was being pursued and his life was threatened by Saul. He wrote songs when he was also the king of Israel. He, even then he didn't stop. Um, even late into his reign, he kept writing songs. Uh, these psalms, we keep seeing this. He often, it seems like, David must have often had a song in his heart. You know, we talk about people, oh, this, this lady has a song in her heart. I, I've known people like that. My dad was one like that, um, constantly singing all the time. And later, when David becomes the leader of a group of malcontents who eventually become his army, he sits out in the wilderness, or he's sitting in a cave, and what's he doing? He's singing to the people. We know this is a fact for some of the psalms that he writes are from that time period when he's in hiding, because it says that in the psalms. So he is actually sitting with a bunch of malcontents who become his army, and he's singing to them. No doubt, they were sort of depressed. King Saul's got an army chasing him. What's David do? He sits with his group, and he leads them in singing. Or he just sings and has the background music maybe for them, but he is singing. I mean, what effect this must have had on those that he was leading? And eventually, this becomes the famous army that's described in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Have you ever thought about the training that army had? I mean, we know that David has an army. It's talked about frequently in, in uh, the book of Psalms. And, and, and as we read this, it, we always can see David is singing praises to God. Um, and, and in fact, back then, they didn't have the internet, didn't have record players or cassettes or CDs and things. That was the entertainment for his troops. David's troops would sit and listen to him sing. No, po uh, Who knows? Possibly he's leading his men in singing, too. Maybe he was a choir director at some point. I don't know. 
But we know that music was a big part of this guy's life, and he is a leader. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that was a gift God gave him for doing his job as being a leader. In any case, it seems to have had a major impact on his followers. The leadership training lesson that we can take from this, this lesson today is that singing and music are important in leading people. Yes, they can be. It doesn't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket as long as you release your voice to God. I mean, come on. You're not auditioning for some famous choir. You're, you're making a melody to God. You're praising God. And you're singing of the facts and the doctrines of God. And remember all those benefits I mentioned, those 17 benefits of singing? Why wouldn't we want to do this? So I challenge you, listening to me today, I challenge you, particularly those in leadership positions, and I encourage you to have your followers sing or let them just listen to you. But it's good to get them to sing too because the benefits they have. I have used this strategy at times with a Bible club that I sponsored at a public high school back in Illinois. There were some days we just sang songs. I bought a keyboard, put it in my lab so that we could sing songs. And especially around exam time when the stress levels got so high, we would sit and sometimes that's all we did was just sing a bunch of songs. I also use this as a strategy at times when I worked at a summer camp, Christian camp here in Northwoods, Wisconsin, where I was the director of the Nature Center and I had a staff sometimes, particularly in the latter part, mid to latter part of summer, and we're getting stressed out and we're exhausted. We would take a keyboard. I would get somebody who could play sometimes if I could and get them to come in there and we would sing hymns. We would sing songs and stuff, praising God. Or if we couldn't do it, we'd put a CD on and we would sing. I would put music and sometimes we sang Celtic Woman just for the uh, for the fun of it, just to get people singing. We would sing uh, Michael Bublé. I had a gal who caught on to this. Um, she brought um, brought in a CD. And got to remember, this is like in mid-July, towards the end of July. It's Michael Bublé's Christmas CD. And she brought that and put that in there because we all know the words of these songs and we're all singing along. And it makes a difference. It lifts the mood. It helps fight depression and fatigue. Leaders, I encourage you to sing for yourself and also to guide your followers and support them. There's lots, uh, there are a host of songs and hymns that are out there waiting for someone to sing them. Lift them up. Lift the songs up. And you'll find out this lifts people's spirits too, which is important for leadership. But also, it's important for you. As I use this to help my moods, I encourage you, try this. Try singing songs of praise to God and see how it improves your life. One of my fondest memories I have of my dad, who went home to be with the Lord many years ago, was that he could hardly ever work without singing. He had a beautiful voice. It didn't matter where he was. I know he sang at work in the factory he worked in. Um, he sang in our garage working on cars and, and such. He had a workshop. You could always hear him singing in his workshop. He loved doing woodcraft and stuff. Um, he loved the garden. We had two huge gardens, and he loved the garden. He would be out in the backyard singing out loud beautiful songs. He always seemed to have a song on his lips. His favorite was 
What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, my gosh, how many times he sang that song over and over, day after day. And he would sing others, Blessed Assurance, um, and, and many others, beautiful songs, Amazing Grace, and, and such. Yeah, he always seemed to have a song about everywhere he went, he was singing. I, I really don't think he could work without singing. I, I don't think he could. And I have to admit, it had a real calming effect, not only on him, but on those of us who got to listen to him or sing along with him. Matter of fact, I can recall going out into the backyard of our house. We had a swing, like a port swing, set in a trellis with grapes uh, over the, the trellis. And I remember being very upset about something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember being very upset. And I went out to the, that swing and started swinging. And I was just very, very angry. But my dad was working in the garage behind me, and as he always did, he's singing a hymn. And he was singing like he was the only person on the planet. I remember sitting and listening to him carefully as he sang and the words that he was singing. I knew the songs too. I'd been brought up singing these things. Not long after, I noticed that the anxiety I felt seemed to have melted away as I listened. I soon found myself singing along softly with him. After a few minutes of this, I noticed that the swing I was on was really swinging high now. I was really moving. The effect of his song and my singing along with him had encouraged me and melted away the trouble from me like ice on a hot tin roof. I never, never told him the effect his singing had on me. I regret that. I do still treasure it, though, in my heart. And I think about that just about every day. In fact, I can still remember his beautiful voice singing songs, even to this day. It still calms me. So try it. As a leader, notice how your people are. Sometimes you need to stop and sing some praises to God. See how it affects. Or put on some other music. Just see how singing affects your, your mood, your anxiety, your stress, and how it improves your health and your life. Lord, we thank you for music. Music's one of your creations also. And we thank you for it. And we have today live in a time where there are so many different songs we have, great songs and people still writing new ones. And Lord, I pray that you help bring these to mind. And when we are depressed or feeling down, that you give us the the right songs in our minds to be able to sing, even if we have to get out a, a book with the songs so we are able to read them or look them up on the Internet or whatever. But I thank you for this. It does benefit. You don't do anything without a purpose, and music has a purpose also. So thank you, and may you please help everyone and teach them as we go through this lesson and have listened to this and help us to apply it to our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad you joined our little broadcast here today, this podcast, and I hope that this has been beneficial to you. We'd love to hear from you. So until we meet again, take care, and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to help us produce the next course, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org give. 
And don't forget to use some of the other links in our description. You can find out more about Evidence for Faith and what we do as a ministry and even sign up to some of our programs. And if you've enjoyed today's course, don't forget to share it with a friend so they can benefit from it too. And with that, we hope to see you on the next course.